American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, we're going to try not to get kicked out of here. What is going on there, citizens of the Reject Nation? We just got done literally like 10 minutes ago watching Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. You guys could whip that like button. That'd be very much appreciated. We're going to have to keep this really quick. But first, we got a word from our sponsor. Greetings, Trekkies and Trek Curious. Prepare for warp speed because we're going to venture into the Star Trek universe. Thanks to our sponsor, Star Trek Fleet Command. This free-to-play open-world MMO lets you take command of your very own starbase on the edge of the final frontier. Beam up and construct fleets of your favorite starships and recruit iconic officers to your crew as you chart a course toward your expanding territory. Vanquish rivals. Mine resources. And uncover the secrets of strange new worlds. Prepare to embark on a voyage to the mysterious Delta Quadrant. Uncharted spaces filled with unthinkable dangers that will put your fleet's abilities to the ultimate Kobayashi Maru test. So round up your crew and customize your fleet because there's no triple at all and taking control of your own starships. So engage with the strange new worlds, seek out new life and civilizations, and boldly go dominate the galaxy. Get ready to make it so with Star Trek Fleet Command's new Voyager arc with over 20 fresh missions, game-changing features, and the return of some beloved characters. Truly an experience to set your tricoders worrying. If you're ready to join the millions of players already warping through the galaxy, assembling their fleets and taking part in spaceship battles, hit our link below or scan the QR code on your screen to download Star Trek Fleet Command today. So strap in Starfleet Cadets and set your phasers to fun. All right, so real quick, the plot of this movie, trying to keep it to what the trailers have shown us as to not spoil it. Miles, he reunites with Gwen and gets flung into the multiverse. He meets a whole squad of spider people who are basically the guardians of the multiverse. These heroes, they start bumping heads on how to deal with this new threat they're facing, which is a fantastic debate, by the way. I'm probably going to talk a lot more on that later on in this video. That creates a massive conflict between Miles and the other spiders. So with this whole journey, they're upping their animation style and action sequences, but really at its core it's a story about acceptance and Miles having to redefine his whole idea of what it means to be a hero he's got to dig deep and figure out how to save the people he loves most some serious soul searching shit right here as bigger as this film is as higher stakes as this movie is it's also a much more personal more intimate film about Miles Morales and especially about Gwen Stacy arguably this is just equally her movie as well in fact the prologue of this film without giving anything away is very much about her Spot is, as teased in the trailer, is the villain as funny as he is in this movie. He also becomes something that you can see as, wow, that is one of the most threatening villains you have to deal with. John, (laughs) what did you think about it? Uh, I'm still piecing my brain together, which is a good thing. Uh, This was spectacular in every sense of the word. Spectacular! 
But yeah, coming out of the first movie, which is such a lovely, you know, imaginative, sprawling experience that also has this great coming-of-age story inside, I thought they just managed to build on top of that and to keep the character heft, the actual emotional story, super engaged while giving you swaths of references and new universes and new visual styles and languages. Like, it is a feast for the eyes and ears and everything in between. It's overwhelming, but in a way that is really satisfying and fun and begs you to come back time and again, I would imagine. I mean, it's overwhelming in the same way how the first time you watched Into the Spider-Verse might have felt overwhelming at first as well. There were things about it where I'm like, okay, is the pacing off a tad bit here? Is this too much that's being thrown at my face right now? Instantly follow the thought of, I bet on a rewatch it would not feel this way whatsoever because Into the Spider-Verse out of the Spider-Man films, it is my favorite of the Spider-Man movies. I want to watch it again before I say a statement like this. I think I like this one more than the first one. Got to keep in mind, this is also a part one of a, you know, of a two-parter here for the sequels. Does it end on a cliffhanger? Yes, it ends on a cliffhanger. And man, I didn't want it to end, though. I definitely didn't want it to end. I was like, oh, man, you can feel when it's about to end. You're like, oh, crap, I forgot. There's supposed to be a part three to conclude this story. Just make it a five-hour movie. Go. It's a complete film still for a part two. It's been a while since I've seen a movie that really ends on such a cliffhanger where the story of this will not entirely be complete until you watch the next one. Yet it's still, like, remember how the Lord of the Rings movies felt that way? It has that effect. Kind of like an Empire Strikes Back or a Two Towers. The reason why it feels complete is because they have such a personal tale here of what Gwen Stacy has to go through and that's where so much of the personal journey and what makes this specific installment feel that much more complete without giving it away (laughs) you know same for Miles but he's got so much more of his character to tell bigger stakes of a film as it is and is more bombastic and a crazy cacophony of events that are taking place here it still had so many more scenes as compared to the first one that felt much slower more intimate there's just like scenes like dialogue character scenes that were not about crazy vivid animation just character scenes with so many of the characters that had so much dramatic heft heart and tension at times especially with the parents there's some truly exquisite scenes with the parents that propel this movie forward and in fact so much of this coming of age story is also about parenting there are spliced throughout this whole movie that also made this film feel that much more i don't want to just say the word harrowing because i feel like i abuse that word sometimes but it does it makes it feel that much more harrowing it is a bit of a harrowing it, journey i mean the fate of the multiverse hangs in the balance for also what's personally at stake here for these characters it's so much darker than the first one it's a much it's darker than a lot of the other spider-man movies we've seen you know what it does it really hones in on the hardships and themes that we know of spider-man characters and makes such a great meta commentary on it but doesn't get lost in the meta commentary on it it gets you invested in the turbulent trials of what one has to endure on such a grand yet small scale. It's so impressive how they do it. Yeah, and it's also, again, super universal and intimate because even though these are being applied to these science fiction stakes, so much of what is happening is building off of, again, the coming-of-age story that came before and just the confronting of life as you come of age, as you become an adult, as you become fully formed. There are going to be trials and tribulations that you cannot avoid and sometimes life is going to throw you a bad hand or some kind of thing that you cannot negotiate or just go back and fix and that is at the center of what's going on here so there's like a harsh lesson being learned and I think it's something too that's interesting to split into two parts because it's something that we all bargain with to one degree or another it just happens to be applied to these you know comic book style stakes and aesthetics and the art 
style too. I mean, as beautiful and grand as it was the first time around, I thought they made that even more expressive here so that the emotionality of the scene work, and even those scenes that are just breathing and aren't so kinetic, have the bolstering of the art that feels very alive. And again, like even though this is probably all made on a computer, it feels like somebody took the time to draw it and to really put that care into everything. And the array of other characters too, and, and the little glimpses into their versions of the trials and tribulations of a Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, whatever. You know, it, it all comes back to something relatable and universal, even though, yeah, it's so high concept. Yeah, there's a lot of these great dreamlike abstract expressions that they'll do that are just about the hardships and the terror that's going on within, like Miles Morales especially in this movie. Sequences where it's like, this is just something that's taking place within his mind. It has a bit of that cerebral effect of the horrors of the things you gotta face within that are also manifesting itself externally. It's it's so much deeper than the first one, <laughs> but it's still really funny. It's a really funny movie at the same time. I mean, some characters that have been teased within the trailers, you know, like Spider-Punk, uh, he's hilarious. Rock star character Anarchist. from like the 60s, 70s type of rock and roller, anti-capitalism, SJW. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just the wokest guy. Look out. <laughs> yeah, but he's still so freaking awesome. He yeah. He's so awesome. Yeah. Commentary he makes are made a lot of times for jokes. It's, they're never like making a serious message or point with him. Implementing him here with his crazy expressions, again, with his animation style are awesome. One character I was surprised by as well, I don't know how to pronounce his name, the Spider-Man India character. Yeah. He was hilarious. What a wonderful addition to this whole universe and, and a beautiful world of, of Mumbai, whatever the combination of Mumbai Brooklyn yes. is. Yeah. And then of course you got Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. What I loved about it is in the trailers, when you watch it, you're like, okay, is he going to be a villain? He does have this, I don't want to give it away because it's so much more gray. And that's one of the coolest parts about it is the film definitely has like an, a threatening quality about him, yet I wouldn't categorize him as a villain. There's such a debate at its core that was like kind of given away. Uh, there's so much more to it. There's so much more meat around it than what's in the trailers. There is a debate surrounding a, an inner conflict that happens between him and uh, Miles that involves, you know, what it really means to be a Spider-Man and certain sacrifices one has to make. And it is a, a fantastic debate that this movie's having because even I'm there and I'm rooting for Miles. At the same time, I'm in my the, the audience seat going, is Miles making the right choice? Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. We would yeah. all want to do, yeah, we would all be in your shoes, but yeah. also look at the big picture. I, <laughs> I get that Miguel's a terrible communicator, but <laughs> I like it. He's just such an aggressive asshole. At the same time, we're like, but what if Miguel is the one who is right about this right what now? What if he's the only one who's willing to go through with what's right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it does a great job at painting that. There's not as much Ben Riley as I think some people might want in here. Kind of like soften the blow a little bit there. Jessica Drew is another very fun, well Welcome edition who brings a lot of energy and commands the screen whenever she's there. The movie's more suspenseful than the last one. It's more intense. It's more complex. And that complexity is such a compliment to it because it easily could have been over convoluted yet it doesn't go past that line i feel like this movie is phenomenal i think it's inspiring one of the best animated movies i've ever seen yeah i mean is it leave you off on a note that is as fun or hopeful it's like the first movie while crazy is still simple 
compared to what this is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this one absolutely leaves you wanting more right now. And, yeah. it, and it leaves off in a place where you go, oh, but then you immediately feel that swell of having been through a cathartic and grand yeah. experience. And yeah, it leaves you with tons to appreciate and anticipate all at the same time. Again, on my first viewing, there were parts in, in specifically in like the first 30 to 40 minutes because it could be such like a kinetic ride. And then we got a really serious scene here and it's slowing down. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know if it's just because I'm coming off the high of that kinetic scene that sometimes I was like re having a bit of a difficult time. I wouldn't even say difficult. It you was got to calibrate was, your brain. You do yeah. got to calibrate your mind and heart at times to go, yeah. okay, now we're slowing down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I wouldn't have it any other way. A perfect way to do a part two because it takes the events of what happened in the first one and this is the residual consequences carrying over into here but still telling a different story but carrying on the same story. Yeah, it's, it's the next it's, chapter of a life. It's a, <laughs> it's a strong ass film. Man, I, Near flawless, I can't yeah. believe it was like 40 minutes in. I'm like, I can't believe they just did it again. Like, <laughs> they, just, I, they did it again and better. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's rarely the occasion that I come into one of these without like worries that they're going to clear the bar, but they just effortlessly, you know, swept me off on a journey with this. And yeah, this might be one of the greatest sequels to one of the greatest comic book movies. A hundred thousand percent on Rotten Tomatoes in my mind. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Break care. that meter. Whatever, whoever the, is going to be like the three to five people who don't recommend it, you don't know what you're Armand talking about. White, I see you. <laughs> Guys, did you see this movie? What are you most looking forward to? If you haven't seen it, leave your thoughts down below. What do you hope to see in part three, which they, I don't know if they've revealed the title already, but they revealed the title of the third one at the end of this movie, if you didn't know the title already. So, yeah. Uh, and even the title's like, ah, oh, great title. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Leave your thoughts down below. Thank you so much for being here. We will talk with you all soon. Thanks again, guys. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.